The pharmacy is now open. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of VGRX, your weekly dose of video game news and know-how and everything. Uh, first off, uh, you may notice two things. One, we sound crisp and clean. Oh, yeah. And that, that is because... We are actually in a studio right now, and I'm going to throw the name of those guys out. NWCZ Radio has been very, very gracious to allow us to use their studio. Yep. And uh, now we're not recording in my bedroom on a uh, computer microphone. So, yes. Yeah, so, thank you guys so much. Um, Moment of silence for the bedroom recording yeah, studio. exactly. <laughs> hey, in a pinch, we may be back there yeah, someday. Who knows? I- I'm sure at some point we will. But no blankets on the ceilings, that's for sure. Um, and second, uh, I would like to issue an apology uh, last week, I said that all uh, turn-based strategy games are uh, garbage, <laughs> and uh, I and they all are based on RNG. And I apologize for that. Uh, Turn, I, turn-based role-playing games. Yeah, thank is you. What you were referring I to. was, I was, I was referring to like the damage output and things like that, not to like aggro, because I know that stuff you can control that has nothing to do with RNG. <laughs> this is very big of so, you. Yes, I'm so proud of you, Scotty. Yes, I've, I've calmed down. I've started to tone it down. We can have a, a podcast dedicated to talking about this someday. Okay, just got so it. that you oh. can you can speak your your full message. I thought I thought I you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say we can have an entire episode of me just apologizing for things <laughs> that I've done. We'll need that. Oh, we someday, could do that. No I'm, too, yeah. I'm sure we could fill that with an hour. Episode, anyway, episode three forty seven. Yeah, well, it's very specific. <laughs> I like it. We'll remember that down the line. Um, okay, so uh, this week we actually are doing something special. Uh, so instead of doing our normal news show, uh, where we just talk about things that are in the news, um, we decided that we kind of wanted to, uh, give you guys kind of our stories, how we got into video games, how we started, um, just doing what we do, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we can't just blurt out that we know things and, uh, not give it some context. So why we're here. Yeah, why we're here, exactly. Um, so that's kind of what we're here to do today, uh, to give you guys a little bit about us. So uh, uh, I guess we can go around the, uh, the room here. Um, of course, you already know I'm Scott, and then you know Zach, of course. Yep, hello. And then Dan on the couch. Yo. And then, of course, Britton. What's our up? Our fairy squad mother. Hit that's him with me. the dab. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, hit him with the dab. Perfect. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Let's take it away. Who wants to? Who wants to start here? Do we want to start with uh, how we formed the podcast, or let's how we... let's finish with that? Yeah, I let's think. finish with that. Yeah, it, let's... it chronologically, I think that'll fit. Yeah. I'm still organizing my thoughts. Sure, Britain. Uh, yeah, sure. I know you've been thinking about it for a hot second. It's true. Okay, it's so, true. Well, I can kick it off. Yeah. Also, start he off. starts the earliest too. Yeah. 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 Again, chronologically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it sort of just makes the most sense. That's true. Okay, go for it. I'm Tell the you. old guy here. You guys know that. That's true. I was born in 1983. <laughs> Yeah. Dang. Um, <laughs> Old guy. So it's not too surprising, probably. My first exposure to games was Atari, Atari 2600. My, my very first gaming memories were going to my grandma's house. Um, she lived about half an hour away from us. We'd drive over there every weekend. And my favorite part of going, of course, was seeing my grandma. <laughs> Second favorite part of going was she had this cart in the back room. She'd roll it out. It had an Atari on it, a whole bunch of games, the controllers. And we'd plug it into our living room TV, and I have two older siblings, a brother and a sister. We'd all play Atari games together. We played Frogger. We played Pac-Man. We played Pitfall. She had an awesome Spider-Man game. There was this game called Tank, which was this multiplayer 
shooting game. It was up. To, I think you could play four players on it. Actually, it was fantastic. But um, my grandma was actually amazing at Pac Man. She schooled all of us. She schooled all the kids. She schooled my parents. I think that's a grandma thing, though. Like, it must be. My my well, my grandma was really good at Tetris. So okay, but it it has something to do with my those mom's games. good at Tetris, and Is she's she? a grandma now. So oh, hey, hey, it all adds go. up. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It's true. Uh, I don't think either of my grandmas plays Tetris actually. <laughs> oh, but my grandma barely knows how to work her phone. Do you want to? Do you want? Do you want to go out and buy a GBA and give it to your grandma? I don't think she'd like that okay. very much. <laughs> 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 okay, well, it was just a thought. Continue. Did continue. you guys play any Atari uh, back in the day? What's an Atari? I guess uh, there's one in the room. Okay. <laughs> I guess I should wait till you guys. Uh, no, you're get fine. To, get to your stories. You're good. I mean, I can start I, there. Who I can knows? say confidently, I have never even touched an Atari. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that the one with the little like the spiral reel and stuff where you play? Pong. Pong? There was one of those. Yeah, right. you'd play like Breakout and Pong Got with that it. thing. Pong. Okay. Um, what was I guess remarkable about it is these games were so incredibly basic and simple, but we would sit there and play them for hours. Of course. Somehow we would just milk the fun out of them. And games like Pac Man, there was the high score to consider. So you could always just pass the controller around and the see leaderboard. Who could, yeah. The leaderboard back in the day. Right. Right. I mean if, if MLG was a thing back if <laughs> esports were a thing back then, my grandma could have torn up the charts, no Dang. doubt. <laughs> That's intense. Yep. So uh, I know you guys kind of probably expect me to, from this point out, just to say Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be some of that, but you might be surprised. It's it's a pretty diverse uh, set of consoles that pulled me through my gaming life. That's exciting. Um, the next thing is Nintendo. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm going to start off by saying there's not going to be that much Nintendo, but we're going right. to start off with Nintendo. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, we that's kind of how some way. of our podcast episodes have gone, oh, too. Oh, my gosh. I know. No it's bad. Tell me about it. Nintendo's yeah. in the news yeah. these days. What yeah. do you expect? <laughs> so um, my, my family got an NES, of uh -huh. course, like many families did. Probably when I was like, uh, I don't know, six, seven, something like that. My brother was the one begging for it. He's six years older than me. So... Um, uh, he actually had a paper out at the time. He paid for it himself, so it was his console. So not only was the the whole big brothers in charge thing going on, but it was his system. So I I didn't get to play it a ton, but um, when I did, games like Mario, Zelda, Metroid, of course, like the big Nintendo franchises that are still around, those are the ones that really clicked with me back then. It made me really start to fall in love with the idea of playing video games, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what kept me moving forward in gaming. Um, Zelda 2, of course. There's Ugh. there's a story behind that. I won't get into it now, but uh, <laughs> okay. there's a story between me, my brother, if, NES, if wanna, Zelda 2. If and, you want to tell it, go for it. Well, I have a lot of other stuff to talk okay, about, okay. so I don't want um, to eat dwell. into your guys' time either. No, you're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, we played a lot of NES back then. My brother had a bunch of friends in the neighborhood that also had Nintendos, and we would roll around from house to house. He would borrow games from them. Uh, you know, they would they would borrow our games. So we got to play a lot of games despite not having a ton of money to buy games. And uh, we would also go up to the corner video store. Do you guys know what that is? Yes, I do. It was called Backstage Video. Was it was walking say. distance. So we would walk up there sometimes and we would rent games too. Right. It was like, Six bucks to rent a game for uh, two days, maybe. Oh, what if, it was, what it was are, outrageous? What are the and that was nineteen eighties prices too. What are, what are the late fees like? I, you think we didn't dare incur a late fee? It would have oh, been, been horrible. It would have been the end of days. <laughs> yep. So, so from the early NES days, we um, I, I kind of sagged into completely different territory. My dad brought home a PC shortly oh. after this, kind of around that oh. same time. PC Master and Race. Wow. back then, uh, we didn't even have Windows on this machine. It was it was very early. Uh, Windows was out. I think Windows came out like in the mid-80s, but um, the first couple versions we didn't have. So this was a DOS-based machine. And 
uh, we used uh, there was it, it had floppy disk drives, of course. Um, not just the three and a half inch floppy disk, the hard one, but we had the five and a quarter inch floppy disk on this thing too. And this is going mo- over a lot of people's heads. Most right now. Of, <laughs> it was a literal floppy disk. Oh, it was, was like it? bendable. Yeah. I know the like square ones, but and I feel like yeah, it was it was before that, and I okay, feel like wow. these held probably like kilobytes of data. They were absolutely minuscule. That was a big deal. But though. the first yeah, it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> the first games I remember playing on PC were were five and a quarter inch floppy disk games. So um, some games specifically from that era, uh, I remember uh, SimCity was one. We're all familiar with that. But like the very first SimCity I was playing around this time. Um, And then there was this game. I don't know why I remember it. It's not a memorable game at all, but it was called Avoid the Noid. You guys know who the Noid is? <laughs> it sounds very familiar. It does sound very familiar. Yeah. So the Noid was essentially like the mascot for Domino's Pizza throughout the 80s. Oh, okay. And he was this like claymation, Gumby, California raisins, superhero in spandex, bunny man. It's like Pepsi Man. <laughs> it made no sense at all. <laughs> he, he didn't look like... A guy that should be advertising pizza, no, but of course not. he was obsessed with Domino's Pizza, and his only goal in life was to get Domino's Pizza. <laughs> so the game, the point of the game is, you're a delivery boy. You're showing up to an apartment building, and you're you're going up through the floors of the apartment building, trying to avoid the Noid, who's trying to steal the pizza that you're supposed to deliver to uh-huh. to your customers. <laughs> very basic, yeah. very simple, and it was a dumb game. I actually uh, looked it up on YouTube earlier today so I could reminisce a little, get ready for this, and it's it looked just as bad as I remembered it. <laughs> But I guess what stands out about the game, the reason I remember it, it's the first video game I ever bought with my own money. So I was very proud of this game. My brother was playing way cooler games like SimCity, but I had bought this with my own money, so I just... I treasured it. I don't know where it is today, unfortunately. It's, it's, R.I.P. Avoid it, the Noid. But. It is It is in the Noid. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It has disappeared. I love those like mascot games, though, like where companies will produce. Sure. Uh, like like that. And then. Um, cool Spot. Yeah. Cool Spot. Pepsi Man. Yep. Uh, and then I don't know if you had the Burger King games on the 360. I actually, I had a copy of, uh, I think, Cool Spot, except yeah. that it was a copy that my friend gave to me. Okay. I love that. He didn't have the right name for it, so he called it Spot the Cool adventure <laughs> i think that's adorable you just never yeah. gave it back i never uh, actually played it i don't okay. know if i have it i he Got might it. still have it but i remember playing the game and it was well don't we'll, we'll edit that part out just in case they're listening and come find you <laughs> just in case yeah yeah continue all right so from here it was like the early 90s uh we kind of became a sega household wow and i would say i couldn't really tell you why but i know why the the marketing for sega in the early 90s right when it was becoming big in the United States and positioning itself to take on Nintendo was it was this edgy, a little bit more grown up. Uh, it kind of targeted, I guess, teenagers instead of like kids like Nintendo was kids and families like mm-hmm. Nintendo was after. And that totally worked on my brother and I, we were so interested in, in Sonic and stuff like that. So it's Mario. Am I right? So we begged for a Sega Genesis Oh, nice! and uh, played a ton of it. In hindsight, I know those games weren't that good. I know Sonic the Hedgehog is not a great game and doesn't hold a candle to any Mario games. Who even Whoa. are you? Get out of here. <laughs> are you here. a Sonic fan? I, Did I, I touch a nerve? I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a mega Sonic fan, but like the original Sonic games were good. Yeah. And then yeah. it ended at Battle 2, and that was like 10 years ago. I, okay, I, I'm putting it into perspective here, though. Compared to Mario, they're, no, you're right. they don't hold a candle. No, you're uh, absolutely Different correct. feel, different thing they were going for entirely, but just... We loved them because, uh, largely because of the marketing at the time. That's fair enough. We also played like you know Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, and we oh, got a wow. kick out of those games. They were fun, but again, the stuff happening on Nintendo was was way better in hindsight. And then uh, eventually, we we 
talked our parents into getting us a Sega CD, which was like one of the first CD-based home consoles. And uh, what that brought was um, full voice acting for the first time to a lot of console games, which wasn't really a thing up to that point. Um, way better music. So the soundtracks for the games we played on Sega CD were way more interesting than the stuff you were seeing elsewhere. And then um, FMV, uh, full motion video. A lot of the games were basically pre-recorded videos with very, very simple interactions on the player's part. Like uh, like Sewer Shark is an example. What was um, it? Was it one game that was N- Night Trap? Is yeah. probably what you're thinking yeah. of. Yep. Yeah, and they again they weren't very interesting games, but they were just so novel at the time because it was like you were watching a movie and you were interacting with it. Yeah, it so was the new thing. It was kind of cool. Yeah, in hindsight. In hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I, I guess what I really love about Sega CD and the reason I. I still think about it all the time. Some of my first exposure to RPGs and strategy games were on the Sega CD. And to this day, some of my favorite RPGs and strategy games are on the Sega CD. I'll name drop two specifically. Lunar, the Silver Star story, story was like the first game I really, the first RPG I really, really got into. Very Japanese style RPG, turn-based and very anime inspired, which mm-hmm. I wasn't watching anime yet at this time. It wasn't even really around in the States in a big way, but uh, it really clicked with me, and I love that game. I just devoured it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Dark Wizard is still one of the best strategy games ever. I guess Dan would probably correct me and say Tactics Game because it was like a hex-based, turn-based. Yeah, we could. I mean, we could get into a discussion about we've done tactics we've actually games had. versus strategy, but yeah, we've done that before. And yeah, it's there's there's some overlap, but strategy isn't an incorrect way. It's just to, I think tactics is a more correct way to refer sure. to. Sure. Genre. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. So yeah, it was it was a fantastic game. I I would love to have a way to play some of these games today. Lunar has actually been ported a couple times, like to PS1 to other systems. Dark Wizard dropped off the face of the earth. I could watch videos on YouTube and remember the good times, but there I don't know if I'll ever have a way to play that game again unless I hook up a Sega CD, which yeah. is kind of unfortunate. Is it though? Uh yeah, it was really good. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're like I don't you know. It was kind of Sega. it was kind of in the vein of like Fire Emblem. Okay, which I hadn't played up until that point. I didn't play Fire Emblem until recently, so I, I kind of missed that along the years. But Fire Emblem didn't even like come out in America for a long, long time. Sure, so. yeah, it was a Japanese franchise. It yeah. was around since the NES, but it didn't make its way to the states until much, much later. Nope. Yeah, I um, remember. I remember having some Game Boy Fire Emblem game. I didn't play it much, well, but was it Game Boy or Game Boy Advance? Uh, I know what you're talking I, about. I want to say it was Game Boy Color. Okay, okay, yeah. but I I could be wrong. I've I have lost the cart since then, so I don't actually know which one I had. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so SNES was clearly around during this time too. Of course. And being the big Nintendo guy, I'm you'd probably expect me to be talking about that right now. But we were a Sega house. Um, despite that, though, I had a lot of friends that had. Super Nintendo. So I did have a lot of exposure to it, despite the fact that we didn't own one. Um, my best friend had one. I'd play Street Fighter 2 with him all the time. Um, my favorite Super Nintendo memories, though, are uh, with my neighbor across the street. He got um, A Link to the Past mm-hmm. one. I think it was probably 1992. He got it one uh, summer. And I-, I would go over there every single day throughout that summer, and we played together. Nice. We just we plowed through that game together, and it Back then, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have a strategy guide for it. So when you got stuck, you just had to muscle your way through yeah, it. There was no, it like, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? I like, guess I'll just stop and playing. And we didn't have other games to play. So oh. it, was, it was muscle our way through that the hard times yeah. or just not play video games at all. Obviously, we were just going to beat our heads against it <laughs> until we figured it out. But 
that that's that's like the best Super Nintendo memory I've got. It was fantastic. Eventually, we did buy one. We talked our parents into that too. Mm-hmm. My brother may have bought it actually. Now that I think about it, because he had money from his paper route, and uh, the catalyst, the reason we wanted to buy one so bad was Donkey Kong Country. Oh, okay. Um, it came out I don't know a little later in the lifespan of that system, but the graphics were unlike anything we had seen up until that point. Nice sixteen bit. They, they used rotoscope. Do you guys know what that is? Uh, I I've heard of it. Yeah. They would like take a clay model or something mm-hmm. of a three-dimensional figure, and then they would look at it from multiple angles and map out each angle in a 16-bit sprite. Mm-hmm. And then that 16-bit sprite would essentially be animated to look like it was 3D, even though it wasn't actually 3D. It was really cool technology at the time, and it totally worked on us. It looked like a claymation game almost. Yeah. So it was fantastic. Um, from there, I played some more PC games. <laughs> um, a lot of Blizzard stuff. Okay. Blizzard is kind of what kept me interested in PC throughout probably the 90s and all the way into my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with uh, Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. Um, I, I, a buddy of mine convinced me to pick up that game because he was like, you'll, you'll never believe this. We can actually play this game together, each at our own separate houses. <laughs> and the way we did it, we had, oh, to, wow. use, we had to use dial-up. So um, he had the luxury of having two phone lines at his house. I did not. So I Rich had to boy. make sure everybody was free and clear of the phones <laughs> for a while. And uh, you, you would in the game, you would punch in the phone number that you were trying to dial up, and you would establish a connection you could play a like a versus match in warcraft together awesome and it was it was a harrowing experience at the time because <laughs> you would you would have to be on constant pins and needles over whether somebody was going to pick up the receiver to make a call over somebody was whether somebody was going to call your house anything that happened along those lines would destroy your connection the game would be over oh. and these matches went on for a good amount of time, sometimes up to like half an hour. So you could get to the very end, like the most tense moments of the match and it Someone could just gives all you a fall call. apart. Yeah. yeah. I, I grew up sad. I grew up in a place that was pretty far behind in terms of uh internet infrastructure. So I had dial up growing up too, but uh I you had a second line, right? Most of that eventually time, most of it not. Oh um, really okay. but I think that they had fixed some of the technology or set it up so that I I never had to worry about people calling except in the sense that you'd miss a call. Um, if you picked up the receiver, it wouldn't drop the internet. It would just make a whole lot of weird sound in the phone. Uh, and I never had to type in someone's phone number to connect to them. <laughs> IP address I had to do in some of those early games, never yeah. never a phone number. So it sounds so. like that evolved a little, even dial-up evolved a little bit over the years. Because we moved on to cable internet as soon as that became available, which is probably before the time you're talking. So did we, but uh, that didn't happen until I was in college. A so. little more rural out there. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, of course, uh, Diablo as well. Um, eventually, uh, StarCraft. I love Blizzard. And I still do, despite the fact that they're not really making the games that I originally loved them for back then. That's okay. Um, The first console I ever bought with my own money from a paper out, which I inherited from my brother, was uh, the N64. Heck yeah. And that's really where my unbridled passion for Nintendo kicked off that lives strong to this day. Mario specifically. Mario was a launch title. There was only two games you could buy for that system day one. Mario 64 and... Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Oh, that's what it was. Those are the only games it came out with. And I think they were the only games for a good couple months at least. But it was Mario 64, so that was kind of okay because that game was just so massive. And the size was just staggering for the time. We had never seen anything like that. Wide open spaces, 
a huge hub world that then branched off into all these other smaller kingdoms. And there was so much to do in every single one of these kingdoms. And bonus stuff, too. Absolutely. Bonus worlds. Yeah, there was that game. You could play it for 100 hours and not run out of things things to do. And again, we didn't have a strategy guide. I guess we're getting toward the era where things could have maybe been on the internet, but probably not quite yet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just a matter of exploring and finding your way through this stuff. And then um, uh, Zelda, of course, Ocarina of Time is still one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> and wow. Yeah, it, it, it ushered a series that I already really loved into 3D for the first time, and it did it flawlessly. Nintendo are masters of that. They'll take an established concept, idea, even franchise that exists, and turn it into something completely new, something completely different, based on whatever's happening in the industry around them. And 3D is probably the biggest advent I can point to of that. And they they did it like no one else did. You you had other companies, other franchises that were making the move into 3D at the time, but none of them were as elegant, as graceful as as Mario and Zelda were. So that's where that's where Nintendo really uh, became my my first hit you hard. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, from there, I don't know how how far along we want to get in terms of like. The progression. It's totally up to you. Yeah. Okay. You as far as you want. Yeah. Um, we can. I don't. I honestly don't mind going a little bit over. Whatever. Because this is like what got us, for me anyway. The way I looked at this, the way I wanted to approach this, is what what made me fall in love with video games yeah. and what kept me on that trajectory to to get us here where we are now. Yeah. Um, got a PS One, of course. Mm-hmm. PS Two. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't want to talk about modern consoles because okay. we do enough of that on the show. No, yeah, so, that's fair enough. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the the early half of my history with video games. You're kind of like pinnacle, you know, where it all started forming together almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess from this point on, I kind of owned most of the systems that came out. Mm-hmm. This is when I I had access to money like I didn't when I was a kid, so I could buy most of the systems, most of the games that I wanted to. And um, f- Nintendo really just from this point on, became the constant, I guess, going forward. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of PC games, like I talked about early on and in, in, throughout the 90s, but um, I guess I sort of fell off of that in more recent years. I still have a gaming PC. I still have a huge Steam library with tons of games that I have and haven't touched. Yeah, I was going to say. But I'm always reaching for a Nintendo controller when I want to play enough. something, when I want to have fun. And it's carried over into my fatherhood my adult life as a husband and father i get to play these games and share these games with my kids yeah. and they're always family friendly they're always kid friendly but i still love playing them too hopefully your so. kids will just carry that on too they'll, i love it they'll just continue to play like nintendo games and stuff labo yeah oh please <laughs> we don't have to bring that up please, again <laughs> let's not talk about it um yep. I mean, Who, whoever who wants to go wants next to share yeah I want to hear about you guys. Zach? Uh, you want me to go? Yeah, go. It, go man. for it, man. So uh, my my gaming life started out a little bit backwards and a little bit awkward. I started with actually the PS1. Okay. And my very first game I remember playing was uh, Twisted Metal. <laughs> awesome. And I remember driving that, that clown truck and then turning into a robot and just <laughs> utterly freaking out. Wait, can we have a little like uh, chronological perspective? How old were you when that game oh, came out, dude? I couldn't even tell you. I guess remember he doesn't saying know how old let's he do is. the math. Twisted Metal would have been like probably ninety six ish or something like so that. Ninety seven. Okay, <laughs> but so you, <laughs> wow, you guys, wow, Dang. I was four. <laughs> okay, so I was four playing Twisted Metal is my first memory, um, and I was utterly, utterly devastated when uh, my mom ended up selling it because she said I didn't play it enough oh. and it broke my little heart 
It um, broke my little heart. It broke my That's little so heart. Sad. So uh, from that point on, I remember six years being consoleless. I didn't have any games, anything like that. And then around ten, uh, I got the SNES because we couldn't really afford anything else. And so, so what year was that? This is fascinating. Two thousand, I want to say. All right. Two thousand, two thousand one. All right. Got the SNES. Uh, I remember playing obviously like Mario games. Uh, I really loved Contra. Yes. Back then. Um, and then just playing like a bunch of random stuff that we'd pick up. I don't remember the stores that we would get the games from, uh, but by that point, they were, the SNES was pretty old. Did you guys ever shop at Toys R Us no. back then? No. They had this cool system for buying games at Toys R Us where instead of having the games on display on the floor, they had these little uh, pockets with slips of paper in them, mm-hmm. and then above them were pictures of the games. Mm-hmm. You would take the slip of paper from under the picture, bring it up to the register and pay for it there. And then on the other side of the register, right by the exit door, there was this magical window where you would bring your slip and your receipt, and somebody would be behind a desk back there, and they just had a room full of video games back there. And they would bring out the game that you had bought, Mm -hmm. and you'd walk out the door with it. And I just, I wanted so badly to go in that room one day. (laughs) That's mind-blowing. It seemed like just the most magical place. That's (laughs) mind-blowing. Sorry, go ahead. So so I was playing the SNES, and uh, that's where I kind of got my Mario experience. And unlike you, I didn't get hooked on Nintendo. Um, I love Contra to this day. Uh, But it took me a few years to get onto the PS2. After it came out, it was I think it was like two years after it came out. I finally got it, uh, convinced my mom to get it for me, and then I actually I was able to convince her. I don't know how I did it uh, to buy me GTA. I think wow. it was GTA Three and then GTA Vice City, and I was utterly hooked. I shouldn't as a yeah those as games a, are a little rough around the edges. As a kid, <laughs> you playing these violent video games. I mean, games. you were far from the only one. But yeah, but yeah. I I bet you thought that your mom was pretty cool for letting you do that. <laughs> oh, I didn't care. That that was my escape. <laughs> So, I mean, kind of like the, the basis of my video games, it wasn't uh, the storytelling, it wasn't the, uh, you know, the mechanics or how the game played. It was, if it was interesting and I liked it, it was my escape. So instead mm-hmm. of dealing with, you know, school or, you know, being stressed out about things or be- dealing with, like, life stuff as a kid, that'd be my escape, is video games. So uh, I got the PS2, I was playing uh, GTA, I remember playing uh, oh, Sly Cooper, I think yeah. it was on oh, PS2, right? Yeah, play, PlayStation 2. Sly Cooper. And, One of my favorite games. Uh, <laughs> Twisted Black was on... Twisted Metal Black was on... PlayStation 2. I feel like that PS2. was a launch title for PS2. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was on the It PS2. was early. I loved that as well. Um, but from the PS2, I remember moving on to the original Xbox. And I actually did not own that. My stepbrother did. Mm-hmm. And so when my stepbrother had that, obviously watching him play, and his friends would come over and play, and I obviously was not able to get on it. But eventually, I saw him like starting to play Halo One. Oh, and Halo! I was absolutely fascinated with that. Then Pla- everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. Played the story uh, over and over again, and then Halo One. There wasn't any online play, and so uh, I spent a lot of time convincing him to play with me. And then we would play over land. We play together, uh, and then we moved to Halo Two. A lot of online play there. Uh, Conquer. Mm-hmm. Halo Three. You bring up Conquer, Bad Friday. I love, uh, absolutely love Conquer. Classic Conquer, rare. Conquer is a, a staple. Yeah, in my gaming history. Uh, but yeah, uh, from there just forward onto, uh, you know, modern consoles. Got a 360, and that crashed and burned. What happened? Red Ring of Death. Red Ring of Death. Uh, <laughs> did you put a towel around it? Oh, the the heating trick. Yeah, did you do the oh, towel? I totally thing? did. Uh. So so was very the one thing I like to point out. I got uh, my Xbox 360 August 1st of 2007. Uh-huh. It fried August 1st of 2008, 
And from that point on, I uh, never went back to Microsoft ever again. Sadly, that was a very common story. Good, they, they that's a good choice. Horrible <laughs> hardware issues back then. I and, say it like I've never played Micro- it. Microsoft, I hope you're listening. I'm never <laughs> no, no more Halo I'm ever never since your then? Product. No, no more Halo. I, yeah, I, I played know. Halos at a friend's house. I played okay. Halo 4. He can play Halo Halo five. Understand, though, that was an isolated instance. The Red Ring of Death. They've oh, gotten I knew their it hardware popular. issues sorted out. I knew it was that. popular, but from that point on, I was like, you lost my money. Just my like, faith. It's like think think of another console that had a more obscure problem mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the history of consoles that have been made. There there hasn't been one that would just die randomly. And it, well, I mean, it it almost wasn't random though. It happened. It was very widespread. It happened and, all the and time. It was, and it, it was, was a very even. it was a specific problem. It was something like the epoxy holding the um the CPU to the board was, like melted was melting yeah, it and was, it was coming loose. That, that is, I think yep. that's crazy. And they never fixed it. No, nope. <laughs> They never fixed it. Yeah, and it was exactly a year later, so that was outside the, the one-year manufacturer warranty oh, for, the, for the consoles. So R.I.P. Like, Conveniently. Out of luck, completely. R.I.P. And then um, you moved to Sony, right? <laughs> uh, I, oh, man, I don't remember. I don't remember when I got the PS3. But I got the PS3, and then obviously I'm on to the PS4 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back when we had the original original Xbox, uh, my first kind of introduction to PC gaming was uh, sneaking to my brother's bedroom and getting on StarCraft. Nice. Yeah. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. No clue whatsoever how did, anything worked, but he would come back and kick me off. Did that stick? Do you still like strategy games? I do. I do. I loved RTS games. I loved... Uh, Sorry, R- Dan. <laughs> This is just about exactly the same thing that happened for me, actually. it was I think it was Warcraft 2, mm-hmm. but yeah, first exposure to PC gaming. Starcraft. I'll get into it when it's mentioned. But, uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was sneaking and he kicked me out, but uh, early into uh, the 2000s, the Xbox 360, there's a lot of RTS games, uh, Lord of the Rings, Tom Clancy's uh, End War, I think. But a lot of console RTS games, not a lot of PC games. Okay. I was never a PC guy, but from there on, I guess, onto the PS3 and PS4. I like how your story almost picked up right where mine left off. Right. That I, that's out, why I laughed. You're like, really I bought well. the PS1. Yeah. Uh, but then modern consoles, we won't talk about that. I was like, well, that's where my story starts. <laughs> Perfect. It's almost <laughs> like we planned it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Dan, you still, um, are, are you. Is that about where you wanted to end? Yeah, and I I mean, my uh, my gaming thing. You guys are very uh, very embedded into the the cultures and the stories, and you have a lot of uh, history with uh, different games and different you know franchises, franchises, and editions of games. I don't. Mine's uh, mine's the nostalgia and the the escape factor for me. But you need that. that I enjoy the nostalgia is is what makes video games. What makes us come back. Oh, can I also talk about something? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Given how much time Britain took, you have plenty of time to (laughs) so. Yeah, don't feel bad about wanting. Yeah, he took like he took like forty five minutes. Honestly. Oh man, Uh, Ace Ace Combat was absolutely Ace Combat seven. Or that's not the what console were you talking about? It was on the PS two. Okay. It was Ace Combat on the PS2, and I played that campaign, I think, like 20 times. Wow. Don't you love those games? Beat it on every difficulty. I remember. Have you guys ever played it? Mm-mm. So the very final mission is completely out of this world, but there's this giant, giant aircraft about the size of, like, three aircraft carriers. Nice. And you have to fly into it and, like, blow it up like it's a spaceship. But I, Like Death Star style? Yep, into it? <laughs> into it. Classic. You were literally inside it, but I remember mastering that thing. That's Day awesome. Night. That was Star Fox for for some of us. There's yeah. not a lot of like uh, ship on ship dogfighting type games out there, really. Not anymore. Right. 
Yeah. Those were some of the best ones. Although though. they're still making Ace Combat, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, there's a new one coming out this year. Okay. And I'm very excited for it. Are you going to get it? Nostalgia Factor. Yep. Dude, definitely. Let me know. Yeah. I haven't played one of those in forever. Can hey, I come over and play it? it? Zach, did you ever play with one of the, the giant like flight stick oh, setups yeah. where you have controls just wrapped around I, you? I pedals, wish. sticks. I totally wish throttle. I could. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could. I bet you'd love it. That sounds awesome. But. You can't. It's hard to invest in something like that for one game, right? So, what are you talking about? You can absolutely invest. You can. In you can. It'd be pricey if you're poor. <laughs> okay. But well, yeah, that, that's about it. Nostalgia, Ace Combat, love it. Cool. Yeah, Dan, you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah ready? I think I have. Uh, I think I've got it organized well enough. He's got a long um, list of things. My, my mic working yeah. out okay. No, yeah, you're fine. Okay, Go cool. for it. Are you guys cool. ready? Uh, no, we've had you meet it the entire time. Get comfortable. No one can hear anything. <laughs> Settle in. All right. Uh, I, my, my story is going to be more along the lines of Britain's length, I think. Um, so early on, uh, it's funny, you mentioned that, uh, that you had a, kind of a Sega Genesis household. Yeah. Um, some of my earliest gaming memories, and I don't remember if they are the earliest, but some of my earliest memories are a Sega Genesis at my grandma's house. My uncle had bought it for himself, I think, and then upgraded pretty quickly after that and just gave her the system and it was hooked up in a TV that she never used in a room that she never used. And I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog. I think it must've been whatever the classic Sonic game is. Cause I remember the green hill zone. And, yeah. I mean, know, one, one two that. and three were all on that system Yeah, and they all had green hill zones. Okay. It could have been any of them. Yeah. It could have <laughs> been. Um, so yeah, that, that was definitely something I remember looking forward to a lot. Cause my, my grandma lived about two hours away by car. So, um, when we had holidays and things, we'd go to grandma's house because that's where everyone went to. And uh, being, you know, significantly younger than most of the people there, I'd just go and I'd find the Sega and I'd turn it on. And I remember I played that. There was a Disney, like, a super old Disney, like, it was like a puzzle game platformer or something. I wish I could remember the name of it, but... I should know. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing that. There was the Mario Andretti Racing, which in retrospect was awful. But I actually like figured out how to like get into that too because they had like upgrading the cars. And I figured out that even though you had to upgrade your tires every single time freshly, it was probably still worth it because you'd make more money and stuff. I just remember that was like my first kind of approach to uh, digging into games, I guess. Yeah, so, when you don't have a lot to play, you do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that later on, um, my parents ended up getting me a Game Boy, um, a Game Boy Color, and I remember we had one of the classic Mario games for it. I don't, I don't know if it was a Game Boy Mario or Game Boy Color Mario. I think it was the one that was bundled with the system. Um, uh, there was a remake of the very first Super Mario Brothers on Game Boy Color. If it was before I, that, I it was probably it, Super Mario was, Land. I bet it was the remake. Okay. Uh, or maybe. I don't remember. Uh, it, it was fun. I remember I played that. My dad played it some. Um, you know, it was kind of a fun thing to do. And mm -hmm. then I got Pokemon. And then what happened? Oh, <laughs> Pokemon was, uh, that would have been like fourth grade for me, I think. And that was the first game that I like, I mean, not that I snuck it into my room, but I like waited until my parents were going to bed. And then I got my flashlight out and I would play Pokemon on my Game Boy in bed and yeah, no you know, they were at the opposite end of the house upstairs and our house had a lot of you know creaking noises so if they were getting up it was really easy for i had like 30 seconds to you know or maybe less than that but I'd, i had time to 
put it down and like pretend that I was asleep. So if they were to check on me, which they never did, but I was I was always worried about it uh, that I get in trouble for playing Pokemon in the middle of the night. Covert Pokemon. You know, yeah. you know what was funny? They probably knew the whole time. I am. You know, I'm sure that they did. <laughs> there are worse things you could have been doing, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I picked Charizard first, or I picked oh, Charmander yes. first. So. Yes. Yeah, good, good, good I, I actually I think I prefer Bulbasaur now. Oh, get uh, out of this room! For other reasons, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, get out of here. I mean, Charmander holds a special place in my heart. Um, so that definitely was a big part of kind of my early gaming. Um, then I guess the other sort of formative memory that like all of these things kind of blend together, and I don't know what happened first was watching other people play uh, computer games. Um, and eventually playing them myself. So, like, I remember we had our cousins from Arkansas visiting, and they brought a laptop, and they had Age of Empires on it. Um, oh, good game. Yeah, yes, I is. didn't play much of it, but I played a little bit, and I was like, this is really fun. This is super cool. Um, there was also, uh, I remember going over to another friend's house and playing Warcraft 2 at his house, and that was that was a lot of fun. I never played the original Warcraft, but Warcraft 2 was there. Um, I remember this... Super old game. I don't know if you any of you have ever heard of Lords of the Realm. Absolutely. I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. Britain has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine had that one. And that one was it was like it was a different approach than either of the other two, but it was still I liked it a lot. Um, and then finally the last one, and this is when I, I got to play some at like a it was a summer violin camp essentially. Um, but a friend of mine brought along his computer and they had StarCraft. And so I got to try out StarCraft for the first time. And of course, I'm looking at this thinking, man, this is super bloody and gory. And like, I don't care, but my parents aren't going to let me play this game. <laughs> and so uh, that was, I think, the first game that I saved up my own money to buy. And I went and I bought, I remember I bought it at Costco. It was the, the big, uh, the, the, like, the battle chest yeah. of StarCraft and StarCraft Rude War. And uh, that was the first computer game that I bought. Nice. Um, that ended up leading into actually a lot of other strategy games. As I've it turned, I don't know why I gravitated towards that. It just kind of happened. I have a quick question, real fast. Yeah. You said your friend brought his computer to violin camp with him. <laughs> so okay, it, I say violin <laughs> sorry, camp. I don't. No, I can. Like... I can describe okay. it. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was at a university down in Oregon, Got actually. <laughs> and so we like lived at the university for like a week. Got it. Okay. And so we had free time and stuff. It was more Sorry. like college classes. It's just we were, you know. I thought you guys were like 12. in a hut, like no. <laughs> by a lake. No. I'm like, man, it gives you a whole new need to bring your own computer for real. Yeah. yeah. It was like those things weren't small back in the day. No, no, so. they weren't. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just really curious. Yeah. Like, continue. Yeah. Uh, Starcraft, Costco, Starcraft. You it. Yeah, so that that ended up leading into some more strategy games. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Civilization Two was something I ultimately ended up getting. Uh, had a lot of fun with that. Still play Civilization games. Um, Heroes of Might and Magic Three was oh, I love that game. It's not balanced at all. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely like there are lots of different ways to cheese the game, but it was super fun. It was really like it had a really cool world to it. Um, just it, it, the the immersive sense of that one was kind of what got me into that. Um, and also, this is something that kind of leads into high school a little bit, but I also got Empire Earth, which is kind of like Age of Empires, at least in aesthetic and to a degree play style, except it's like if Age of Empires started in the Stone Age and then went into the future. Mm. 
and it had like 15 different ages and a bunch of different civilizations that all had different powers and you could actually build your own custom civilization and like combine powers from different uh like built-in stuff you know historical you're talking about civs I'm talking about Empire Earth. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, Civ has the different countries, but you can't customize them, really. Got it. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to say, I was like, I don't remember that in Civ. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I remember there were there's a couple other games that I remember playing a lot when I was uh, younger. Dragon Warrior Monsters, actually, is one of them. So I've only ever played two games in the Dragon Warrior universe. or Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest. Whatever, Dragon here Quest. In the yeah. Um, Dragon Warrior Monsters was the first one. I've never finished it, but the amount of hours that I put into that game is... It just, That's kind of a, a Pokemon sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? like Pokemon. And then the other one actually was quite a few years later on the Wii, uh, like Dragon Quest Swords, I think it was. Oh, yeah. And it took advantage of the motion controls and you would actually swing the sword oh, or swing the Wiimote <laughs> and it would like detect where you swung and show you on the screen and you know that kind of stuff some skyward uh, sword type stuff yeah yeah that's crazy cool. yeah um so then that kind of leads into high school which i think is kind of where it starts to really come together mm-hmm. um so we'd play empire earth and starcraft uh this is where i first played warcraft 3 and then we played a few other games as well. But we would have LAN parties at our school. So there was a group of kids that were three or four years older than us. Uh, and they had started meeting up to play computer games in the digital media classroom. Um, and that one of the classes, one of the projects they would do is build a computer. And that was something that we ended up doing pretty early. Or some of my friends did. I didn't have time to take that particular class. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but once those guys graduated, right, this is probably our junior year when that started, uh, we decided we were going to try and have like a monthly land party at school and we actually did it. You know, we, we'd get probably 20, 30 people to show up and some of us would do computers. A lot of people would bring their Xboxes. There was a lot of Halo played at these things. Of course. Uh, Did you get good at lugging your equipment around? You know, I didn't have a whole lot of my own equipment to lug around. I usually borrowed the several computers that were capable of running the games we wanted Mm -hmm. there. Um, but like I remember, that was before StarCraft had, or that was before Blizzard had released the StarCraft uh, no CD patch. So when we wanted to play StarCraft together, we'd have to boot it up with the CD in a computer. Once it was started, it would keep running. They only needed the CD to start the game. So then we'd pass it to the next computer <laughs> and start that one and go on down the line. Nice you couldn't play around. online because you didn't have different codes, but I don't think we had access to the internet through those computers anyway. So... We just played with each other. Uh, we played a lot of uh, the custom maps. And that's so, it's actually where I got my first exposure to Dota as well. Uh, the guys that have been I'm playing. I'm so sorry. Right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> the guys that have been playing before us were playing. I remember watching them play some Dota mm-hmm. and it, it looked interesting and we played around with it. Um, now, we as a group, I guess not to get too far into it, uh, we didn't always deal too well with direct competition. In Halo, not too big a deal, but in strategy games where like when you start losing, you get to sit there and watch yourself lose for like another five to 10 minutes. Mm, the tilt. And then Dota is even worse that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, it is. Um, so we actually never played Dota against each other. Oh, good choice. What we would do is uh, by the time we were playing it, there were some like Dota maps that had AI implemented. 
And so I'd always pick one of like a few different heroes. I remember playing the Drow Ranger. I remember playing the Dwarven Sniper. Uh, <laughs> there's one or two others that I picked up, but like all in the same kind of archetype. Like let one me attack of, things from a long ways away. Want to know what's funny is that their names in Dota 2 is Drow Ranger and Sniper. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Literally um, same thing. You're like so uh, we'd we'd play and we'd lose and win and whatever. It was fun. Yeah, you're playing um, against a sniper. Of course, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the club. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we did a lot of strategy games uh, at the, at those land parties, and then the other two thirds of the land party would be playing Halo the whole time. So you know, they were having pretty more typical. fun than we were probably. Pretty typical. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, pretty typical for land parties. I say mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. So and then also. Uh, I guess another couple notes on my high school. That's most of what high school did for me, I guess, in terms of video gaming. Um, However, I did pick up, for the first time in the third generation of Pokemon, was when I first looked into how to create like a competitive Pokemon team. Mm -hmm. I didn't make a very good one, but I made one. And making one at all meant that you had a way better shot at beating your friends who had just had the team they played through the game with. Yeah. And so I made this team in third generation Pokemon. I was like, hey, we should we should do some Pokemon battling. And I just thrashed <laughs> the friend that agreed to it. And then you never played Pokemon with me again. Oh my gosh. Which was kind of sad, but also satisfying on a certain <laughs> level, if I if I'm completely honest. Um and then the other thing, and this is something I don't bring up a whole lot. Uh I started in what was that? The summer between sophomore and junior year of high school, started playing this game online called Cyber Nations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, uh, heard of it. It's a browser game. Oh, so no. like, Damn. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with mobile games and yeah. browser games, Facebook games. You know, they have all these you know cutesy little graphics. Farmville. They're Let overall pretty simplistic. This was like not even there. Yes. Right. Um. It was basically just a spreadsheet it, it you made a nation right and and it was just like you have all these stats of whatever it is that your that your uh nation has in it and it was more or less just something where you uh you would mess around with these numbers. You'd build your infrastructure. You'd build tech. You'd build uh, different improvements and stuff. The game itself was not good. Like yes, it, was. it was, it was just <laughs> playing around with numbers. But where it actually excelled, right? The thing that kept me playing for like eight years afterwards was that there was this surprisingly complex, like political sub game going on in the yes, background. Zach wants to say so much I know. about this game. Okay, can I cut in real quick? Yeah. Dude, I played Cyber Nations for like no way. five or six years. No way. On and off. Yeah, I had like five different nations. I like I was officers in like alliances. Which uh which alliances? Iron. Oh my god. Iron <laughs> There's six. Britain, Wait, have you what ever was your what was your, what was your account this. name? Iron, Iron PPN, no. um, and then a couple others. Uh but yeah, I, I like yeah, I have never met someone who played Cyber Nation. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a new connection. Now. Episode, okay, so at its at its peak, Cyber Nations had like forty thousand players. Like okay. that was the most it had, and probably half of the. No, that's an exaggeration, but like ten percent of those were probably either people playing multiple nations or like just like defunct, like people who were logging in to keep them active. But that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just it, it had. The craziest like political stuff going on. Like everyone knows about Eve Online. Yeah. It was like Eve Online. 
like straight up at that tier of like people being assholes to each other and like not getting along kind of deliberately occasionally having fun just like going to war with each other but like man this is personal dude yeah yeah it's you it's really starting to get did you guys follow it till the end do you know what happened to it uh, there is no end it's I've, still I've going i've got a friend still really? playing there's like four or five thousand people left it's i'm gonna i'm gonna small. check it out when i get home I'm it's actually it's it. not that small i still get emails on like kids i'm still connected to the forum of the alliance i was on yeah like, and so they're still talking and working on stuff. I don't know why I'm getting the email. We're so learning so much about each other, guys. This is awesome. There if were this like, episode accomplishes nothing to, else. To, <laughs> to give a context of like how seriously people took this, there were probably like 200 or so different alliances. And mm-hmm. of those, maybe like at its peak, like 70 or 75 of them kind of mattered in terms of strength. Um, and those alliances would have long and like specifically drawn out treaties with each other yeah you know you'd have you'd have your non-aggression packs you'd have optional defense packs you'd have mutual defense packs you'd have uh mutual aggression and defect and defense packs uh optional aggression like it's it's all these things there's probably you know 50 different acronyms that zach and i could throw Mm -hmm. back and forth you guys have lost scotty and i so yeah sorry it sounds fascinating so i clicked out i want to i want to throw dan ahead because i I think only me and you probably care about this yeah and then maybe the two people that maybe hear this ever yeah Uh, (laughs) but you're so confident i love it i mean i never met another person in real life that played cyber nation yeah i have I have awesome. one friend, one friend that we got into it. Uh-huh. Uh, at, he's the one who got me into it. Uh, yeah, I played in, in 2006, about six months after the game had started is when I started playing. So basically, like, Jesse cut in, I'll let Dan continue. But mm-hmm. basically, it gets so in-depth. You have to basically take a class to get into an alliance. Yeah. So basically, they, they you run apply. A, they, you apply, <laughs> they have to preview, and then you run, like, maybe a two-day course. Mm-hmm. On how to play the game, how to fight. Don't understand. And how to how to do everything, how to pay bills and collect taxes. Right, because it wasn't armies. it wasn't all clear, right? Like the game design from like a UI perspective and from mm-hmm. like how it all worked wasn't all that great, but it worked well enough to enable this complicated political So this stuff was all game. outside of the game itself. The yeah, the game functioned basically as the place where the things mattered, but Planet the Bob. game itself actually, like the the things that we care about, happened on the forums. Wow, they happened in IRC. Yep. They happened on Skype. Like, yep, it, yeah, fascinating. Oh, okay, hey. we're gonna have to talk about this later. Oh yeah, all right. I'll let um, you yeah. Okay, so Cybernations. That I'll, I won't talk about that anymore. But I played that for about eight years, I'd say. Um, yeah. Okay. What's next? I don't know how much time. I've how much time we got? It's been a while. Uh, Let's Scott go. Yeah. Well, I have. I mean, I have college too. Still. Okay. So right, no okay, college. I'll hit this up real quick. Um, going into college, uh, I got the orange box. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And so that had uh, it obviously you, it had Half Life, <laughs> which I never really played much of. Okay, I still haven't. I should. You like should. I've opened it up. I played it a little bit. Maybe of, you shouldn't though, because then you won't become part of the Illuminati. Yeah, Half Life Three confirmed. We'll see. Uh, and then there was <laughs> Team Fortress first. Two, which I knew people who played. I played it some. Um, I've never been that into first person shooters, so it didn't grab me. But like, I, it's a very thematic game, so I, you know I remember it pretty clearly, and it, you know it was always fun to watch people play it. Um, and then Portal. Portal was a great game. Yeah, 
Portal was something else. Uh, Portal, there was nothing was, quite like it when it, it came was, out. It was the first time, I think, that I'd played a game that was as short as Portal is, right? Because it takes maybe two hours to complete your first time through, yeah. two or three, depending on how long it takes you on the puzzles. I remember playing it one night, and I got basically to the end of the puzzles and into that kind of the last chunk of the game before you go and you see GLaDOS and all that. Um, and... I played through that first chunk at night, and I was like, okay, I should go to bed because I don't know how long this will take. I could I could be up until, like, you know, 5 in the morning still playing this, and I shouldn't do that. So I got up the next morning when I had some time to play again, and I played through, and then I was done. And I was like, oh. Another, what, 20 minutes, half yeah, hour? Yeah, like, like, like 20 minutes, half an hour, probably. Yeah, yep. That's when the game grabs you, though, and takes you by yeah. surprise and becomes something different entirely just, than you thought it was. I remember that that was a phenomenal game. And obviously, I mean, everyone loves Portal. You know, the, we, the, I don't know anyone that doesn't love Portal. The, yeah. the memes continue on today. You can still tell someone the cake, the cake is, is alive, alive and they will understand. Um, I just want to say I'd way rather have Portal 3 than Half-Life 3, Scotty, at this point. I agree with you. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, go on. Um, <laughs> There's not much we agree. I on, think it'd be cool. If they, <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool if they released Portal Three and like basically hid Half Life Three in like the background of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's one of the predominant like, conspiracy like, yeah. theories. Out they there. literally, it is literally the entire game of Half Life Three in Portal Three. Yeah, sure. I think that'd be cool. Um, anyway, that was my introduction to Steam, which was not good for my wallet. I don't no. Think. no. Uh, How strong is your library at this point? <laughs> Dare I ask? So you thought well, it was a okay, granted that some of these essentially are repeat g- entries, but I have over 500 titles in yeah. my Steam library. Yeah. I and thought I had a lot. Steam I gets you like Well, that. okay. So some of it comes from, at one point during college, I don't remember when it was, but there were, there were publisher catalogs that they put on sale. Now, these days when you see sales on Steam... Uh, the average sale during like the Christmas season is going to be 20% off, 30% off. You'll see some that hit 50% off. And there's a few games that are like frequently go up to like 70, 75% off, right? Like Terraria right. goes on sale for $2.50 multiple times a year because they're just like, hey, have our game. We, you know, have fun. Yep. Um, they had publisher catalogs that for the most part, they were like 90% off. You just you're still paying seventy five dollars because there's that many things in the public, and it's like almost everything this publisher has put on Steam. Right. So that led to a number of different things, but most specifically, uh, I ended up playing uh, some Paradox games. I don't know who here is familiar with Paradox Interactive games, but strategy. Grand strategy. Okay. This is this okay. is kind of the next step beyond regular strategy games, or one of the steps beyond. Um, it they are immensely complicated games. There's a lot going on in the background. There's a lot to keep track of. Um, but super fun once you get the hang of it. Uh, I actually also tried Dwarf Fortress around this time, which is similarly incredibly complicated, uh, and it's also very very minimalistic graphics. It, you know. If su- if retro style and overly complicated games are your thing, check out Dwarf Fortress. It's crazy. Right on my own. Um, but yeah, uh, these days, Paradox, the probably the most notable title is Crusader Kings 2. I feel like that's the one people are the most familiar with. I've seen that on um, sale a lot on Steam. <laughs> yeah. So one of the cool things about Paradox games that drew me to, th- to the the 
I guess, this series of games was that hypothetically, I've never done this. I think it'd be super cool to do. I've never done it though. Uh, you could start a game in Crusader Kings or Crusader Kings 2, um, which starts in 700 something AD. And you play that up through about 1300 using that game's rules, that game's map, whatever. And it's a map of Europe and, and some other parts of the world. Then you can take that game, that save file at the very end, and you can then import it. They have like a translator program that you can translate it into a Europa Universalis save file, which starts right where you left off and then goes for another 400 years into the 1700s or 1800s or something. At which point you can then do the same thing, <laughs> but put it into Victoria, which is another one of their, of their franchises. At the end of which you get the World War II uh, game, Hearts of Iron. So you hypothetically could start a game in 768 or something like that and play it all the way to like 1960. Have you done this, Dan? Never done it. <laughs> that would be hundreds of hours for a single save. I file. smell a speed run coming on. <laughs> uh, I've no. never even finished a Anti game. Anti-speed run. <laughs> so Europa Universalis isn't that hard to finish. You might not get anything done. But, you know, it's, it's a pretty stable world at that point. But Crusader Kings 2, uh, the whole point is you're building uh, your family's uh, dynasty. And so if you aren't, if you don't look forward and, like, plan it all out, then it's, your family could die out. And usually does pretty quickly until you get the hang of the game. And there's a lot to get the hang of. So. Sounds like it. So, yeah. So I, I got into those games a little bit then. I didn't actually get into them again until a few years later. But, um other stuff that went on during college. Uh, that was when I got into a variety of other types of gaming as well. So Dungeons and Dragons, I did in, in college in earnest for the first time. Um, I had played some, some Magic the Gathering before, but at college was where I met people who were super into it and like, you know, fa multiple thousands of dollars in decks and things like that. They'd go to tournaments and win things because they'd spent all this money. It's, it's crazy stuff, um, but still fun. Um, Borderlands. I oh, played yeah. a lot yep. of Borderlands when that came out. Uh, and then towards the end of college, I ended up um, trying out League of Legends. Um, so I actually tried out League of Legends while it was in beta. I don't know exactly when. All I did was load up the game. And I don't know if it was the beta or like when it had just freshly released, but it was very new. And I remember playing through their tutorial bit and they had Ash. You would go through their little tutorial bit with Ash, and I'd be like, oh, this is the Drow Ranger from Dota. And I played it a little bit, and then I realized it was 100% PvP, and I was still kind of like nervous about stepping into that realm mm -hmm. just because that had never worked for us in, uh, in high school. So I didn't end up playing League again until a couple years later at the end of Season 1, beginning of Season 2 sometime when Dang. I was watching another friend of mine, uh, Nathan, who... I've never mentioned here before, but he's one of my current uh, kind of gaming friends that I keep in touch with, even though he doesn't live in the area anymore. Um, and he was playing League of Legends at the time, and so I'd sit and watch him play and uh, eventually figured out, this is this is probably something that I could do, especially because I have people to play with. And uh, yeah, so then I ended up getting into League at that point. So that was season two. Uh, played that for a year or two, and now you're done with it. Right, yeah. No, that's not totally. what happened. <laughs> I'm in the middle of my placements he, right he, now. He Britained it. Yeah. You got uh, introduced and obsessed. So at the end of college, um, 
so I had kind of a rough patch in there. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to be doing with myself and also had some mental health stuff to work through and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, taking a break from college. I'm still on that break uh, five years later. Um, and just kind of tried to get my life in order, right? So during that time, I mostly stuck to some franchises that I'd been playing for a while. So the Paradox games were in there. I would, I would dabble with those a bit. Um, still playing Civilization. Mm -hmm. um, League of Legends was definitely a big one there. A lot of my friends at the time played League of Legends, so it was very easy to play. And I actually uh, did some organized team play with some of those friends, and I'm in touch with most of them still. Um, and we would meet up multiple times a week and we'd all crowd into my, uh, room in the house that I was living in at the time. And we'd play league for four or five hours a night sometimes. Dan, um, you should be a pro. Right? Yeah. I'm, that's I'm what we all, that, that's what we all tell ourselves that play yeah. moments. We were like, we should be pro. And then we realized we suck. <laughs> and then it was that time that I started getting back into Pokemon. I'd skipped on a generation cause I never got a Nintendo DS. So I never played fourth gen Pokemon. Um, but then fifth gen was coming out and the 3DS was there and I realized, you know, I have a job. I can afford this 3DS. I can afford this Pokemon game. Sure, let's let's do it. So I got that and I got back into Pokemon. Um, and it was in that next couple of years too that I got back into building like a competitive team and, you know, doing IVs and EVs and balancing things out and stuff. And that time it was much more successful because once again, and this has been the key this whole way through is having people to play the games with you or with me, I guess, uh, has always been super important. So uh, having people to play Pokemon with made that work out. So um, a lot of people don't know this about you, but you like music, right? I do like music. So what would be your bigger passion, video games or music? <sighs> That's a big question to just drop on. <laughs> I know, dang. <laughs> I don't, we're I don't already have, in an hour, man. That's a show. Hey, this is... Uh, I don't have a good itself. answer to that. This is special, like, okay? Okay, so yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm on a podcast about video games. Hey, you uh, to, better so, say video games. So yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm pretty into video games. And I feel like, especially in the last several years, I've started to approach it more from not just like, a, oh, it's a fun video game, let's go play it, but like as, you know, it's a way to interact with friends, it's a way to... Yep. to be social and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and also as something that it'd be cool to to do something surrounding video games for a job someday. You know, I'm not there right now, but there's no reason I couldn't be, right? Like, we, we live in Washington. It's not, it wouldn't be hard to gear yourself up to start doing interviews at, you know, Valve, Valve. is here. Microsoft is here. Right. Bungie. Nintendo. Uh -huh. Nintendo, <laughs> But then, yeah. I mean, you also have, like, Wizards of the Coast and some yeah. of these other companies like that. Uh, and we've got PAX in Seattle, which is a hub of, you know, developers from all over the place getting together. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the next best place after California to be living if you want to do video game stuff. So sure. that would be super cool. On the other hand, I mean, I started playing the violin when I was five. Yep, and I've, been, <laughs> and I've been playing it consistently mm -hmm. since then. I mean, you know, we can't record on Tuesdays because I have rehearsal, right? Dan's like, going to provide our musical intro one of these days. But you know yeah, what? Some, you someday know, I'll you put know, that together. You know what you should say to that violin? You're here now. You're not with them. What do you say? <laughs> I, don't know what you're, I don't know what you're saying. Stop, Stop talking. Um, I'm, yeah, so that gets most of the way to the present day and with the podcast. I guess there's a few things that I've done since then. Because, like, I feel so I've stabilized everything. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a job and a place to live, and I'm not like freaking out about it, which 
I probably didn't need to be back then either, but you know, hindsight. You're young. You know, whatever. And also mental health is totally a thing. That's way better in order to. Uh, but I've tried out a few other uh, things since then. Notably, I'd never played any MMOs before. That was something that I was like adamantly against for whatever reason. Well, I had a friend in, in high school that would play World of Warcraft, right? It mm-hmm. came out, he would play it, and he would skip school to go play World of Warcraft. Much better than EverQuest, but right. Yeah. And I can't I was be- can I say really quick? No. I can't believe I did not talk about EverQuest yeah, you at did all. Talk- that, that's a whole other show. I just didn't bring it up because we're going to do a whole show on that someday. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So he would he would skip to go play World of Warcraft, or that was I think that's what he did anyway. He wouldn't be at school anyway, and. I was always telling myself, I was like, man, he's, you know, he's wasting his life, man. He's not going to school. He's not doing any of this stuff. And I mean, joke's on me. He's a streamer with a pretty decent following now, and he's working for DreamHack. Nice. Like he's, I think he's in Sweden right now, or he just went to Sweden to go like be like doing DreamHack stuff, which is super cool. Hey, he doesn't go by PewDiePie, does he, by any chance? He doesn't, he doesn't go <laughs> by PewDiePie. Can you imagine PewDiePie on VGRX? <laughs> could you, Someday. Could you we'll imagine being friends with PewDiePie? Why do we keep right. plugging PewDiePie? Just out of curiosity. I guess I well, did. Well, you I'm say sorry. PewDiePie, <laughs> and you, start, you, you instantly yeah. get thousands anyway. of views. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Anyway, so I finally tried some MMOs and realized that uh, the other thing I was worried about is that I would become that guy, right? Which at the time meant... Mm-hmm. Basically abandoning a everything loser. else that I was doing. It's a real play. fear. I mean, don't sell right. that short. It, yeah, no, that's can, it, MMOs can consume you, mm-hmm. and it's abs- it's something I've seen happen. And I just I found out that it wouldn't have for me because MMOs, it's too much work. Like I, you know, it's I, a full time job. Basically, I played Guild Wars yeah. two for a while, um, and I got I have a couple maxed out characters in Guild Wars two, and that was fun. You know, they it was a it was an entertaining enough story to play through. The mechanics are fun to play around with. The overall, like the end game, is great. Um, but it didn't, you know, didn't destroy me. Obviously, you're and still here. Hooray! It, it worked out. Uh, I play, and then I tried out uh, several uh, Korean MMOs. Notably, Blade and Soul is the one that I put the most time into, which was fun. Um, yeah, and then also I did dabble in EVE Online at one point and found out that I don't want to play Spreadsheet Simulator 2016 or whatever it is. 20XX. 20XX. Uh, yeah, good game. Enough. It's probably one of the best games that I will never play. So Good. Yeah, uh, and that mostly gets us to the present day. Cool. Which you're still doing what you did, play Pokemon and what I do. playing Pokemon, League. Pokemon, D&D, and board yeah. games. Uh, a lot of yeah, yeah. You shout mean, out, shout out to Mark who yeah. got me into board games. You guys, you guys got me playing board games now. Like yeah. I'm having a ton of fun with it. It's crazy. Uh, credit goes to Mark on that one. Yeah, he's a determined individual. It's crazy. I didn't so. know how many he had. Scott, tell yeah. us about yourself. Hi, I'm Scott. Yeah, uh, now that we've taken up all the time. Okay, so here is uh, first of all, uh, I have a very sparse memory. I have really bad memory. Like I can never remember things. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I had to write stuff down. I, do I blame that probably on my dad. I was writing stuff down this whole time, and I remembered like four <laughs> of those things while we were sitting. No, you're fine. I mean, um, but I, I, I mean, like I can't remember like super detailed things. Um, is what I mean. I, I kind of yeah. have an idea, but um, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, I was born in '94. Uh, I'm 23 now. Uh, my earliest memory into video games was. <laughs> going over to my grandma's house and, hey, <laughs> and and playing Tetris on a Game Boy uh Game Boy. Was, was grandma good at Tetris? She was good at Tetris. Yeah. Um my mom played Tetris as well. 
Um, but like this was like the fat Game Boy. Like, oh yeah, the very first. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then also Pac Man on that. Um, and I don't remember exactly uh, how it kind of evolved. Honestly, from that point, I just always remember. Um, the first console I ever had at home was an N64. Um, and I honestly don't remember how we got it. I don't remember how it ended up in my house. Oh. I just remember playing it all I just the time. realized I forgot to mention how we got our N64. Dude, I barely remember how. My, I, I so I, I remember clearly. Yeah. My older sister entered into a raffle at school. It was one of those, like, they gave you the magazines yeah. and sold things. Yeah. She got, like two entries right mm-hmm. and there were kids that had sold you know dozens of of entries worth of the stuff yeah uh and they drew her entry or like one of her two entries to mm-hmm. get a nintendo 64 nice. like my parents i think fully planned to never have video games in the house Uh-oh. but they couldn't just get rid of it yeah like the, i think they felt bad doing that that would thing that the trojan horse. and then you know my older sister I mean, she played it. She yeah. didn't play a whole lot of but it. But you played but it more. Yeah. yeah. You know, Ocarina of Time, Super of Mario 64, you know, Super Smash Brothers. I mean, all the classics. Yeah. I didn't mention those earlier, but those were all big for me, too. So. I mean, yeah. I, Same I, ones for you, Scotty? What were you playing basically, on the 64? Basically, yeah. I, I remember playing uh, Super Mario 64 all the time. Uh, Smash was obviously a number one for me. Um, but I specifically remember playing two games in particular. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, uh, oh, yeah. one of Rare's greatest games of all time. Uh, definitely in my top five of favorite games of all time, and uh, Paper Mario. Classic. Uh, I absolutely love Paper Mario to death. I wish they'd go back to what the happened turn-based. to Paper Mario. It's I don't know. not the same uh, franchise quick, anymore. Just, just real side story. I'll never forget this. Um, I remember playing Paper Mario. I was in the desert map. I, uh, it was the second, I believe, the second like uh, main place you go to. And <laughs> this has nothing to do with either games. It's just a funny story. We got a, a refrigerator that day. And brand new refrigerator, okay? And the entire house started shaking, and I'm downstairs playing Paper Mario, and I thought my parents, like, dropped the fridge upstairs, so that's why the <laughs> entire house was shaking. And then it just continued to shake, and I was like, oh, this isn't... They didn't, I started walking upstairs, I was like, why is the house still shaking? And I was like, it's an earthquake, it's an earthquake. Was anyway, it the earthquake? We it was. Like, 2001? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, an earthquake. That's yeah. so funny. Um, but yeah, it, it was just something funny that happened. Um... After the N64 and playing the ever-loving crap out of that system, I remember getting a a Game Boy Color. And um, me and my sister would always get... uh, mm, Pokemon just came in our lives. I honestly couldn't tell you how it happened. It just did. Um, And we would always get the opposite copy from each other. So my sister got red. I got blue. Um, oh, I, you know, had, I had Pokemon Red. Yeah, I Blue. she she got silver, I got gold, I got sapphire, she got ruby, so so on and so forth. Um, and I, had, I think all of the same games that your sister did. Actually, did you? yeah. <laughs> oh man, horrible choice. Um, but I I remember just playing those like a madman. I remember uh, doing the same thing that you did, Dan, being in my room super late at night. Uh, I had the little plug-in light for my Game Boy, so I would have that like underneath my uh, my uh, 
my blankets. There were so many attachments you could throw on yes, that thing. It, it became great. like a little space station, basically. Exactly. And what, so what you, you all don't see here is uh, Scott's dad, who is helping us record. Yeah, today, <laughs> rolling his eyes yeah. at this. So I could they they had the they had the room like just down the hall from me. So I didn't have as much time to react as you did. But I I've had to do the same thing where I had to like I turn down the volume, put it under my pillow, act like I was sleeping. You're gonna get a stern talking to I know. later for this one. <laughs> Dang, it only took 15 plus years. Am I right? Um. <laughs> And then I just continued playing games on my Game Boy. Um, the next console we got was, uh, and I'm sorry, Britain, we never had an NES. We never had a uh, Super Nintendo. Quite all right. No. Not the, even late to the party, huh? You no, just didn't have them at all. Just never had them. Okay. Uh, the earliest console I ever remember playing was the Sega, though. I remember playing Sonic and stuff over at my neighbor's house. Okay. Um, but that was it. Like I, It was N64 and um, on from that. Uh, so then I got a GameCube, best system of all time, hands down. Some of the best games I have ever played in my just a couple life. weeks ago. You took all your GameCube games yes, off the shelf, and, and you saw how many I us. had. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I absolutely love that console, and it's funny because it was one of their worst selling consoles of all time. But the GameCube had the best games on it, like Super Smash Brothers Melee. I just remember playing that a ton at tournaments, and they're not like tournaments, but like with my friends and having tournaments. Um, and then, uh, after kind of, uh, doing the whole GameCube thing, uh, the PlayStation two came out, I believe shortly after the GameCube, if I remember correctly. And my sister got it for her birthday. And, uh, the one game I remember she got was kingdom hearts with it. Mm. And that kind of stirred my love for Kingdom Hearts. I absolutely love that game. Uh, Brooks probably loves it more than I do. Pascal uh, Brooks, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. He apparently he's really intense. I thought I was a really big fan of it, but I remember playing the absolute crap out of that game. Um, Did you like already love uh, Disney before you had yeah. started playing yeah, yeah, that yeah. game? Oh yeah, because yeah. that definitely it, it factors in for sure. Yeah, it's like oh, you already recognize so much of the stuff, and now you're literally living in the world that they did. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I I'll never forget um, going against Riku the second time um, on like one of the last levels, and I could not for the life of me beat him no matter what I did. So I actually had a, a friend come over from church um and beat it for me uh because i couldn't do it at all hey we've all had to resort to that i know and now actually that is something i have always adamantly been against you could ask my younger sister she would ask me to do things for her on zelda ocarina of time and be like nope not gonna do it you gotta do it yourself uh Uh, i was insufferable oh well that's fine i i'm i i normally would do the same thing but I just couldn't beat it. I was like, I'll never beat this game otherwise. And now the game's like jump change to me. Like I can play that game on proud mode, like with one level and blindfolded and beat the game. She was trying to teach you something because what if, was it? if you beat a part for a person in a game, yeah. the game's just going to get harder from there. If you couldn't handle that part, you have no business. The rest of the game the was cakewalk. Parts. The rest oh. of the game was cakewalk. In this case, I guess that's yeah, not no, true. <laughs> the rest of the game was easy peasy. All right. Um, and then um, I'm trying to like really dig here, but, you're a lot more Nintendo centric than I am. Yeah, it's you, amazing. Yeah, like, um, on, on the overall picture. When I started, it was all Nintendo for me, uh, and it still it still gradually went through. Like um, basically, how my sister and I would do it, it we would always uh, split a console, so we would always go fifty fifty on it, and it just ended up that I would just play them the most. Like if you go in my room, every single console that we've ever split is in my room. <laughs> um, and uh, after the PlayStation, I got a three sixty. Um, I didn't have the Red Ring of Death 
Oh, oh yeah, the Xbox 360. Oh yeah, original Xbox. I got the original Xbox before the 360. I played Halo so much on that console. Um, Wasn't there a Banjo Kazooie on that too, mm-hmm. or no? No, it was N64, and then there was one on 360. Never mind. Get out of the room. Sorry, you love Banjo-Kazooie? No, I don't want to talk about that game. That's oh. not a Banjo-Kazooie oh, game. whoops. Okay. Yeah, yeah excuse Faux you. Faux pas. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they re-released it on the 360. Um, but yeah, I remember getting the Xbox. I remember having my friends over and playing Halo a ton. Uh, I was never in... I, we never really had a PC, quote-unquote, to really play video games. Um, the only games I really remember playing on the PC was RuneScape. Uh, so RuneScape was a big part of my life. Uh, I <laughs> I'm gonna say this, and my mom's gonna hate me for it. Uh, I was homeschooled um, for till about eighth grade, and that when I went to an actual school. But I was homeschooled, and I played RuneScape, and then I got my sister into playing RuneScape. The funny thing is, is I got both my parents into RuneScape as Whoa. well. And we literally would. Oh no, I'm saying it. I'm what saying an accomplishment. it. We literally would. Be like, you know what? Let's take a break from school today and go play RuneScape. This was my mom saying this hey, to us. That's the luxury of homeschool. And <laughs> we would play RuneScape all day long. And then my dad would come home from work. He's like, what are you guys doing? And my mom would be like, well, we skipped school today to play RuneScape. <laughs> and Putting he, your mom on blast. Yeah, I'm putting my so mom sad. on blast. I mean, if it wasn't for my mom, I probably wouldn't be as much as a gamer as I am. So honestly, um, but both of my parents have been very like, you know, they didn't care if I played video games. They were very supportive of it, and you know, they got us video games. And you know, it was never, it was never like a black and white situation with that. It was just like, oh, okay, you know, we'll work on it or something like that. But it was never like, oh, no, you can't have that. They're of the devil or something like sure. that. You know, like some parents are like that where they won't get their kids consoles because you know it's it's mind rotting clearly. Um, but. Besides RuneScape, when it came to PC games, I remember going over to my friend's house a lot who had a ton of different PC games. A lot of like um, uh, Star Wars games, and uh, he, he had uh, Lego games as well. Uh, so, like Lego Racer, and there was this one, it was like, it was like a mining game, um, and you could build different things and drill through walls and stuff like that, and you had to collect materials. I should play that game again. It's been a while. I mean, it sounds like Minecraft. But yeah, I don't it, think that's what you're talking is, about. It is literally, it's almost just like Minecraft, but okay. with Lego. Um, and then, let's see. I, I mentioned Xbox. I didn't really do a ton on Xbox besides play Halo like everyone else did. I mean, that that was the thing on Xbox. That was, that was there Xbox, There were other things, yeah. too, but... It didn't really matter. Yeah. It was all Xbox. I don't remember much about the Xbox, but I remember going to a friend's house and, and playing, Halo. playing Halo on the yeah. Xbox, yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember going over to one of my neighbor's houses and playing Grand Theft Auto. My parents didn't let me play that game. That was one game that they... Yeah, it was I, very, I did very, the same thing. It was very, very uh, no, no, no. I sound like the, the bad kid. You are. the group. You are. You we played, already knew that. You played Twisted new. Metal when you were four, so, <laughs> so we don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah, no, I went over to my friend's house and I snuck playing Grand Theft auto um so that was really fun um went to 360 uh i i had a lot of parties over at my house playing halo 2 on multiplayer and sometimes we wouldn't even play we would just do a bunch of stupid stuff we would just like mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to say it but we would just do a bunch of dumb stuff um yeah we we did the same thing at our uh, at our land parties yeah. we ended up making a custom map mode on I, I don't remember the name of the Zanzibar maybe it's the one with the beach yes. and yeah, it yeah. has the water yeah. so they blocked off everything outside of the water yeah 
And then they put like four, no, like six pillars, something like that. They put a bunch of pillars where players would start on, and then there'd be one guy. I think this was Halo 3, for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you could build like stuff. Yeah. yeah. There'd be the one guy system. who was invisible uh-huh. and super fast and had a sword. Yeah. So you could see their tracks in the water. So it was like a zombie of. mode almost. Yeah, yep. except we called it Jaws. Okay, nice. <laughs> because they were like a shark because they were faster and they had the sword and all of that. So then uh, the people on the pillars would have, I think, grenades and a pistol and a shotgun and then it would be who survives the longest yep did uh basically did, did you guys ever race warthogs uh, absolutely that's not even a question it was dude. The of best. course we did the absolute best uh, i remember playing zombie maps on halo 3 where uh i would literally get in groups of uh like 50 people mm-hmm. and it would be like this maze that you'd have to like work your way through and like get down obstacles before the zombie like who's super super slow and had mm-hmm. a sore would get to you yeah but oh my god those those were some fun times playing halo 3 like yeah. forge system I, I wish halo could go back to what it was another one we had was it was on i don't remember if it was one or two i think it was one because yeah. that was when vehicles were indestructible yeah, yeah. so we'd have I think it was like four people and three of them would be in warthogs or two. And it was on the ice level that had the frozen lake. Yeah. And you'd have the people who were not in warthogs would stand on the lake because you couldn't turn when you were on the ice. You would just slide all the way across. And so then... Uh, it was a game of like, can you essentially game of chicken almost? It's, it's chicken, but then like, can you knock them out of the warthog and yeah. steal it for yourself? Like, right. There was no like win condition. We would just do it, do it for it was fun. do it for hours. There's no ending. I remember we actually did we. <laughs> Uh, some friends and I set up a tent in his backyard and mm-hmm. ran out an extension cable and set up a TV and the Xbox and we played that nice. in his backyard for a couple hours. Just because like, you could, awesome, super fun, <laughs> awesome. Um, I, after Xbox, uh, I I went back to you know Microsoft systems and Sony systems. I've I was very fortunate to where I was able to have both. Um, so I kind of was able to play the franchises that the other didn't have, or like you know this game came out on this console and so I'll play it on this console. Um, but Nintendo, what? Back then, there was the the console wars. Yeah, that yeah. didn't matter to me. I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted it. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter to me either. But that's because I didn't have either. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it still doesn't matter to me. Um, but I remember the Wii specifically. Um, I'll never forget uh, getting that console and be like this. This is the best console ever. Let me ask you something. Huh. Did you just have yourself really psyched up for it? When you brought it home, played it for the first time, uh-huh. do you remember how you actually felt about it? No, I don't. You don't? No. Because I, I got it on launch day. I, I brought it home. It was like, it was a midnight thing, yeah, midnight launch event. I brought it home and I hooked it up. And I had very mixed emotions when I first played with it. Because all the uh, the promotional videos and stuff we made it seem like, like this play. really good one-to-one, very precise, either pointing or motion control stuff. It was not that You at get all. yourself hyped up about these things a lot, too. I guess, but this felt like almost disingenuous advertising to I me. Like, do- the motion <laughs> controls were never even close to one-to-one. Yeah. The, the direct pointing stuff always felt a little floaty and off to me. And the first couple of games that came out were those two things. You had Red Steel, which was a shooter so the the motion or the pointing stuff was very important and then you had wii sports which was all motion that was the only game you needed you could have played those games with with buttons almost you know it was written this is this is what i imagine you when you get hyped up about things Mm -hmm. like and i've seen it you you got really hyped up about the switch like i i just see you in line for something like sweating bullets we'll have to go to a launch (laughs) event sometime together (laughs) we have it's for amiibos remember oh that's right yeah that little dead thing. definitely get excited about amiibos yeah Yeah. a little bit i mean yeah Um, it, it could definitely be the expectation 
limitations because I remember playing the Wii pretty early on, and I had the Conduit, which was like a actual like point shooter, right? Which actually worked out pretty well. You know, yeah, I heard that perfect, was a pretty solid shooter. It, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Dragon Quest Swords that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it wasn't that great, but like it did a pretty good job of figuring out like where did I actually swing, you know, yeah. turning whatever I did into either a straight or like an explicitly curved slash. But yeah, and so I guess it, now they think about it, the bowling was pretty good and pretty yeah. uh, intuitive. It was okay, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Scott, go uh, for it. I, we're interrupting you. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, I played No More Heroes a lot. Uh, that was a really fun game on Wii. Um, but our, uh, the big one for me was Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Okay. Um, we, you know, it's a game that we've all wanted for a really, really long time. You know, having the promise of a, a story mode in a fighting game, absurd. Uh, me and my friend Jared at the time, uh, he's still my friend. What can I say? Um, my friend Jared and I would always go over to each other's houses and play Smash Brothers Melee. And I remember we got so hyped when Super Smash Brothers uh, Brawl came out. Uh, we actually went to GameStop, um, and they had a tournament there. And so we all signed up for the tournament, um, and me and my friend were playing Melee for so long. We're like, what character will be our best character? You know, the, uh, uh, we were playing on, like, the GameCube and stuff. We were like, what are the best character? You know, um, how are we going to do things? Well, uh, we were super confident. We were like, oh, we got this. It, it's fine. <laughs> we show up, and there were so many people there, you would think it was, like, the line to get into a, a sold out show. There were so many people there. And um, I remember being there with him and signing up for the tournament. And uh, they set up like different TVs outside of the GameStop. And I'll never forget remembering the manager of the GameStop. His name's Jeremy. Um, awesome guy, by the way. I remember him coming out of the store holding up this copy of Brawl. And we all went crazy. We went, yeah! cheering like screaming going nuts over super smash brothers brawl and our uh, he put it into the console and then i was asking for an update to oh, update. Wonderful. Yeah. so we're like no he's like hang on hang on so after the update got done we watched the opening cutscene, and we were losing our minds we were like it was awesome magical yeah it, it was a magical moment did you win the tournament life. oh no i lost first round yeah yeah, yeah. so did my friends well it's we were such, awful it's brawl i mean well, i mean <laughs> Uh, the the guy who, off melee. the guy who won actually bought it from Japan and was played it for a good couple. Well, that's months. not fair. Yeah, I know. He also we also were using uh, the Wiimote and Nunchuck, and that yeah. was awful. Not ideal. Yeah, no. Um, I terrible control. Can I make a confession? Do you play with it? That is my preferred control scheme oh, God, on you're Super disgusting. Smash Bros. Brawl. I hate wow. you so much. Um, I never played much of the GameCube. I didn't have a GameCube. So. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you want me to buy you one? Uh, I'll buy you one. I'll buy you all the games for it too. No, it's fine. I'm gonna do it. Anyway. What an offer! Okay. Um, so uh, the Wii came out. I did the 360. Did the PlayStation 3. Let it be known, uh, I may have had a PlayStation, but I never played it really. Besides Kingdom Hearts, no uh, Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. I I played a couple Final Fantasy games, but honestly, most of the games on the Sony just or like playstation did not interest me at all nothing about them seemed fun to me like i just i got really bored of the stupid overdone graphics that they rant and rave about all the time because i feel like you don't need a game with perfect graphics to be a good game like that's nintendo's mantra right there that is yeah (laughs) exactly why it resonates with yeah exactly like you don't need to have 4k visuals to have a good game because if your game's garbage 
then why would I pay $60 for it? That's not to say Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 are garbage. No, no, I'm <laughs> But not. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you, you know what I'm coming from. Um, and uh, so I never really did Sony, so I was mostly on Xbox for a long time. Uh, you know, current generation, got the Xbox One and stuff like that. Uh, and that's pretty much for con- done for consoles. Um, going back to computer games a little bit, uh, we eventually did get, like, you know, laptops and uh better computers for gaming um and i'll never forget getting uh this like kind of little fold out uh case full of uh computer games i got from my friend for free he just gave it to me and it had um age of empires it had star a bunch of star wars games um and it just had it had a bunch of games that I've never played before. I never thought about playing. I never heard about before. And I remember just installing every single one of them, playing the absolute crap out of every single one of those games. Um, and then I met Steam, and Steam uh, was actually it took me a long time to start playing Steam games because, like I said, I was never really a PC gamer. I just always played on Microsoft and Nintendo games. Um, but you also hate digital game ownership. Yeah, I do. So just doesn't jive with you. I, guess. I have a hundred and something games on Steam. Okay. So yeah, I don't want to talk about Respect. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, compared to Dan's 500. You'll, you'll get there someday. Thank you. Thank you. You don't want to get there because most of them you never touch. If yeah, you're anything yeah. like oh, me, yeah. I mean, you're probably the, right. I forgot to mention the other half of that 500 is probably Humble Bundle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You eat a lot of free from that. Yeah. Way to get games. Um, another big thing for me is I remember starting to play League of Legends with some of my friends from high school. Uh, I didn't really have... I was kind of busy in high school to really do a ton of gaming. Like, I still did gaming, but none of it was really memorable, per se. Good for um, you. You were focusing on school. Is that what was going on? <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> what was going on at all. <laughs> uh, I just, I, there's really nothing memorable about it. All right. Um, but I do remember playing League of Legends with one of my friends, and I was really into it. I played ranked. I would watch tournaments. I actually, the first time I ever went to PAX was for League of Legends, and I, I had no idea what PAX even was. I just bought it for League of Legends. So Penny Arcade Expo yep. in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and then... That was the same for me. I mean, yeah. I knew what PAX was, but I partially went because there was League of Legends. Yeah. I had no idea what it was until League. Um, and then I went for about two years for League of Legends, and then they stopped doing like the the North American tournament there. Um, but I still went to PAX and stuff. Uh, but League of Legends was a big part of like what gaming I did for a long, long time. And then the friends I played that with, um, what's the word? Abandoned me. Um, <laughs> and I, but also at the time I, I was with someone who didn't like me to play video games that much. So I kind of gave up on playing League of Legends for her. Stupid idea. Don't ever do it. Um, but then they just kind of moved on and, you know, did their thing. And um, I didn't play League anymore. Uh, but about the beginning of, was it 2016, I believe, uh, my friend who I knew for a really long time that I actually lost um, lost touch with, uh, his name is Gerard. He was someone that I met apart from Scott, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, so it was someone we knew uh, prior to even meeting each other. But he played Dota. And I was, I was, you know, I was that typical league player. Oh, Dota's garbage. You know, never played it before. But I was like, Dota sucks. Uh, I'll never play Dota. What a garbage game. And uh, now that's what I mainly play. Uh, I started playing Dota with uh, with him and a bunch of his friends. And um, 
Yeah, I remember going to uh, <clears throat> in in college. Uh, this would have been summer of 2013. I went to Australia with the jazz band, and Gerard was on that trip. Mm-hmm. Now I'd kind of met Gerard before, um, but we ended up talking about League of Legends and Dota, yeah, and like the similarities, I bet that and was the a differences. Heated, heated argument. It wasn't actually because okay. Gerard's like a super chill guy, yeah. and like I didn't have anything against Dota myself, mm-hmm. so. It was it was a really kind of a fun thing to like talk about all these concepts that work fundamentally differently in the two games, despite how similar they appear. So. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just started playing it, and um, I've been to two of the uh, internationals that they have here in Seattle, and that's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of been something that has been uh, a pretty big part of what I do, uh, like video game wise, for a while now. Um, I'm no expert at Dota. I never will be. Um, I'm always looking to get better, but, uh, I I feel like I know a decent amount of Dota. Um, I'm trying to think of anything like super memorable, like, but I mean, besides the games that I played, like I haven't, I haven't really done anything super crazy besides what I've already said. Um, so yeah, you started a podcast. I started, yeah, I I did start a podcast besides this one. Um, yeah, there's yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Thanks. thought you meant us, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys are okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess um, that's it for my story. I guess before we end this, uh, it kind of just worked out that we all liked video games and we just all happened to work at the same place. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I can start that discussion a little bit. I, I mean, remember. I at- wish we could, but. We're way over time right now. Yeah, okay. we're 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 an hour thirty in. Well, the like fifteen second version yeah. is the four of us all work at the same place. Yeah, the four of us gradually got to know each other through work and yeah. realized we all like video games. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember who initially floated the idea. It's probably Zach. It was Zach. Probably yeah. Zach. So Zach said, and "Hey, he's the worst at it too, guys. <laughs> let's let's do I a video game podcast." And uh, it I took think... us six months to start it, but yep. we finally but did then it. We did yeah, yeah. I want to say you wrangled us through Britain. Yeah, yeah. well, that's kind of where tag it team. I mean, real quick, it was just kind of like you know, I have like kind of like a good friendship with Britain. They mm-hmm. gradually got to know you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but... I got to know Britain through Amiibos. Yep. So. Story for another time, but yeah, yeah, that is a story for another time. That's literally how we met. Here we are. (laughs) Yep. Now the four of us. I just want to say we've recorded a lot of shows together, or a few shows together already. Mm -hmm. We have a ton of conversations, and I learned a lot about you guys today. I know, I I do too. So this was a cool exercise. This was awesome. Uh, I'm sorry this uh, episode was an extra 30 minute long. Worth um, it. It was. It was a lot of fun. I hope but, you guys hey, enjoyed it. Special edition episode. Yeah, it was a special. We don't do it all the time. So this this is just for you guys to kind of. uh, know a little bit more about us uh i'm sorry me and zach are boring you guys had really good stories no way no way i loved every moment oh good i'm glad maybe maybe in six years when we're still doing this and we're old well when you're old and crusty britain yep yep. um we'll we'll relive this moment reminisce once again exactly anyway thank you guys so much for listening as always every single week uh i'm scott we got zach hey dan what's up and britain see you guys later thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week on vgr Rx. The pharmacy is now closed.